This episode of the Atlanta Foodcast is brought to you by Georgia Organics, the Cast Iron and Collard Society, and Peach Dish. If you'd like to learn more about Georgia Organics and the Cast Iron and Collard Society, head to georgiaorganics.org. And also, grab your next meal kit from an amazing Atlanta chef over at peachdish.com. So this is a really fun one here on the Atlanta Foodcast, everyone. And as you may have watched this past season of Top Chef, Kelsey Barnard-Clark took the show by storm and the hearts of viewers across the country. And Kelsey was in town this past weekend for a slew of events, and one of them happened to be a Saturday brunch, which is called Cocktails and Conversations, which is also hosted by the Cast Iron and Collard Society. And it was at King and Duke. And Kelsey partnered with local Levity Farms and chefs Damon Wise and Thomas Davis from Ford Fry's team at the restaurant. It was amazing, the food was incredible, and we all had a really great time. But Kelsey and I sat down for a live episode of the show in front of the brunch's guests, and which is what you're going to hear for this episode. And her story is absolutely wonderful, and you'll get to catch some of the Q&A at the end as well. But here's my conversation with Chef Kelsey Barnard-Clark of KBC in Dothan, Alabama, and winner of Top Chef. Enjoy. So this is really cool. I actually learned something really interesting about you right before we got things kicked off. You were born in Atlanta. I was. You yeah. were. Piedmont Hospital. That's awesome. I'm sure that you share that with some folks in the room here, which mm-hmm. is really great. 30 years ago. <laughs> um, but, uh, but it is such a pleasure to have you in Atlanta. And um, we're going to get to a lot of really good stuff. And obviously, which I'm sure a lot of people know you from, um, absolutely taking the house in Top Chef. Congratulations. That is so awesome. That is so cool. Um, So we're going to do this the same way that I do every interview of the show. So we're going to get to know you just a little bit. So before we get into a lot of the other things, because I want to talk about life in Dothan and KBC, uh, we'll obviously talk about some Top Chef, but uh, you're going to get the first inescapable question that every single one of my guests receives. So you have to tell me who cooked for you growing up and what kind of cook was he or she? Uh, I would, that's a two people basically question. Um, we had a housekeeper that actually now is my son's nanny. Um, and she is kind of like the best of both worlds. That's very much where I got a lot of my inspiration from was she cooked like soul Southern food. So like fried chicken, collard greens, cornbread. And then my mom is from Mobile and she did not cook that way she didn't know how to cook really southern food that well um we ate a lot of seafood and salads and like really fresh things so i got like two really cool influences in my house um and definitely has molded the way i cook a lot yeah what kind of eater were you growing up we ate really healthy um yeah we we really ate healthy and um i ate everything I, i can't really think of anything i didn't eat i mean i did go through like a phase when i was 16 where i ate cookies for lunch every day so there was that but for the most part i I ate everything you know that's gonna be the next diet that comes out it's like yeah it's a whole grain cookie my mom would like pack me these really great lunches and i would sell them for cookies Yeah. There's a lot of good trade value. Entrepreneurship. Yeah. <laughs> Someone's going to take that and yeah. turn it into a startup. She found yeah. out and she was like, what? <laughs> yeah, like, Who's been eating your food then? I'm like, whoever buys it that day. Yeah. So you grew up in Alabama. I did. I grew up in Dothan. You grew up in Dothan. Mm-hmm. So cool. I definitely want to, I, I can't wait to talk to you a little bit more just about the, the you know, food culture and life in Dothan. But uh, tell us how you got into the culinary world. I 
don't really remember a time where I wasn't cooking. Um, it was sort of, I always say like, you know, you watch Disney movies growing up and most girls are looking at the dresses and the crowns and I was always super focused on what they were eating. Um, and that was literally just, I, I always was very intrigued by the art of making food. Not necessarily eating it so much as just cooking it. Um, and, you know, as young as I can remember, I was in the kitchen cooking and wanting to help cook. And um, then I got a job when I was 15. I just went and knocked on our local caterer's door and was like, I, I want to learn how to cook for real. And I started working that day and haven't, have not stopped working since then. So, um, yeah, it just kind of, and I think too, I think a lot of people, you think you want to do a certain job or career and then as soon as you like get the first taste of it you're you're going oh my god I don't want to do this this is awful and it was really the opposite for me as soon as I started professionally doing my hobby um I, I became pretty obsessed yeah and you actually made your way to CIA and mm -hmm. you spent part of your career working in pastry is that yeah right? yeah so I my goal with New York in general was I wanted to get it over with as fast as humanly possible um but I also wanted to I knew I wanted to open my own business one day um I, I i don't enjoy working for other people because i don't like to listen and i'm stubborn and i'm a control freak so <laughs> um and, and besides all those things i also found that working for other people just really squashed my creativity um and i wanted to be able to do things the way i wanted to so my whole I guess goal was that I didn't want to open a business until I had worked every position that would be in the business. Um, so I did, I was a dishwasher, I did front of the house, I did pastry, culinary. That way, when I was their boss one day, I could say, well, I did this job too once. So yeah, this is how you wash the dishes faster. This is how you, you know, just to be able to teach better um, and lead by example, hopefully. Yeah. Yeah, I'm glad that you made it through pastry, though. Some people would get there and they're like, I can't do this. Oh, no, no I'm, I'm naturally better at pastry. Really? Yeah, what do you sure. What do you enjoy most about the pastry um, side of things? It's, it's very, art. It's, it's an art. Pastry is totally different than um, savory. Because savory, you can just, you don't have to have a recipe. You can just throw things together. Um, you know, I don't cook with recipes ever. But pastry, you have to follow a recipe. Right. It's very precise. It's, it is literally the opposite of, of savory. Right. The kitchen's cold over there. The kitchen's hot. And, I mean, it's totally different. <laughs> Everything about it is different. So when I first, um, you know, I'd always baked growing up. I did wedding cakes when I was in high school. Um, but my first professional pastry chef job, I was really just, it was a Michelin restaurant, so it was super fancy. And um, it's hard. It's, it's extremely hard. Because yeah. it takes so much precision. You can't, like, you know, be be not paying attention it's like cooking is kind of like riding a bike pastry you have to like focus all day and you're having to study um so it was just very different yeah did i reach into the bin with salt or sugar i can't remember yeah they both look the it, same. it was it was weird uh <laughs> definitely weird like going from savory to pastry and then back yeah. to savory because it was like oh i gotta totally change my hats and and become a new person each time yeah yeah that's really cool yeah it was fun. so so you're from Dothan, mm -hmm. and you're in Dothan now. Yep. The restaurant is in Dothan. Um, for those of you who do, I've actually been to Dothan yeah. a few times, cool. and it's in um, it's in a really neat part of the country. Uh -huh. And if, for those of us who don't know much about Dothan, tell us about life in that part of Alabama, and also talk to me about the food culture. 
Uh, the food culture is terrible. <laughs> I'm just going to say that. Uh, Dothan, Alabama has quite possibly the worst food in the entire world, with the exception of my restaurant. Um, there you go. Truthfully, we don't eat out to anywhere because there's nowhere to eat. Um, and that's what we always joke that like the best food in Dothan is in my house or in my restaurant, and that's it. Um, which is actually, I think, has made the life that we now have a great one because we've made more friends. We have people over. We host parties. I mean, we have people over two to three times a week. So that's our culture in Dothan, you know, where in Atlanta you can go out to eat to all these amazing places. It forces us to get creative, which I think can be great too. Um, I have a little – we live on a big property actually that we bought a big old house about two years ago. Um, so we have a huge – garden is like a very loose term for what we have at this point. It's like a mini farm on our property. So we've got yeah. chickens, we've got a garden, we've got citrus trees, fruit trees, um, and it's very much like my, my oasis is our house. Um, and, yeah, we spend a significant amount of time fixing it up. Fixing is the key word. Uh, and gardening is definitely my second love. If I, if I quit my cooking job, that would be what I would do. So Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, spending time in the dirt is oh, definitely it's so nice. it's a great way to appreciate great the things therapy. that yeah, come yeah. out of the earth. Mm -hmm. um, but it's also interesting, you know, you guys are actually relatively, you know, just kind of down the road from Tallahassee, yeah. Gulf Coast. and. Well, that, yeah, that's the that's why people live in Dothan, and that's the beauty of Dothan is that, you know, you're an hour and a half from the beach, and you're 15 minutes from the Florida state line. So it really doesn't get much better than that, because you've got, you know, it's a great way of life. It's a small southern town. People are nice. It's incredibly cheap to live there. Um, right. And I would say 50% of the town, they have second houses at the beach because you can afford it because you're not paying anything for your houses. Right. Yeah. So, I, thought, I thought Dothan was a really sweet place, though. It Everyone is sweet. Was no, it's, nice. I would say overall, it's very nice people. I mean, the only negative thing I have to say mostly about Dothan is the restaurant scene. Right. We have more, more chain restaurants per capita than anywhere in the world wow. in our one town. Wow. Mm -hmm. Well, that's a great way to segue into talking about KBC. Yes. Let's yes. do it. Let's go. Um, so talk to us about your restaurant, inspiration behind the menu, and then, um, yeah, I'd love to talk to you about, like, you know, how, how you're actually building your menu, like who you're working with, mm -hmm. and what does that look like? So tell us about it. Um, you know, that's that was, to me, one of the most fun parts about Top Chef was um, I don't have people around me that I get can be inspired by in Dothan. Like, there's not other chefs that I can go talk to or – you know, I don't have, like, this community of people that I can, oh, I'm going to go out to eat and get inspired by their menu. It's, it's like anything that I do, I have to push myself to do it, um, which I think can be a blessing because it makes me work harder, um, makes me study more, makes me read more, makes me travel more. It, it forces me to do things you normally wouldn't if it was just at your fingertips. So, um, you know, my lunch menu is very simple. I, I don't like fussy food um, and I'm, I'm a firm firm believer in classic cooking techniques so if you go in our kitchen it's very dated it looks it looks like some a kitchen from a hundred years ago um, we have a stove we have gas burners we have pots and pans and that's it we don't have any there's no microwave there's no pressure cooker I would burn those in a fire all across the world if I could um, <laughs> We don't have anything like that. It's very simple. And um, so the whole concept behind our menu is simplistic, homemade food. Um, I want it to taste like it could be your grandmother's, but then have surprising elements that only a chef would know how to do. And um, it's very much a medley between 
down home southern food and classic French techniques, which is exactly how I was brought up. Yeah, I love seeing that you guys have like a supper yeah. menu, yeah. which is great. Nobody calls it supper in Atlanta, oh, unless you do. Uh, I don't, but if you do, that's awesome. Um, but supper is uh, is to me, it's different than dinner. Mm-hmm. Dinner can totally still kind of mean like we're gonna do fast food, but supper is like sit down, be quiet, wash your hands, and we're gonna eat. Like well, and, meat and three or something. Yeah, like. and to me the term supper is different from dinner because when I think of dinner, I think of like a meal and supper can be like a cheese board or, you know, five o'clock is a snack and then you go to bed early. So that's sort of the whole concept where it came from was like, I want it to be a place that you can come eat dinner at five o'clock and have a light dinner or have a full-blown meat and three meal if you want it. It's very broad, which it's all about. We're, we're about to change the entire menu, but... Um, we're renovating right now, so. Very cool. Yeah, after the renovation, we'll be open at night from Wednesday to Saturday. Right now, we're just Wednesday and Thursdays. Yeah. So. Well, I'm, I'm sure everyone can attest to eating the the dishes that you have created for today. Um, talk to me about how you're working with local produce or farmers, uh, people who are growing things in Alabama. Yeah. Um, you know, we, well, I'll say this something that's happened this year that it's pretty incredible is Cisco which is where we all of us get all of our food from is Cisco and US Foods they now carry local produce so, so it's really amazing because where before you know it made it hard to do local anything because you had to contact 16 people to get tomatoes from this person strawberries from this person and now it's like it's a really cool thing that someone like Cisco has stepped up and is basically being like I joke and call them like our vegetable pimp because it's like I just have one contact now. I'm going to send that to them. Yeah. yeah so, uh, oh, that's, so that's great. great. Yeah, yeah. I and mean, it's a really, it's, it's a good um, little setup now. Yeah. Do you grow anything at your house farm for your restaurant? Yes. Yes. Um, <laughs> yes and no. A lot of it I don't want to take to the restaurant because I'm selfish about it. Um, but like, We've got rosemary they use from my house, and um, they all know where I live, so sometimes, like, random people will just be in my yard cutting things. I'm like, I don't even know what's going on. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we we have some peppers, and I've got a ton of stuff in my yard, so specifically the herbs they use a good bit of, but whatever we have, that's our special that night. So, yeah. That's cool. um, yeah. That's awesome. Let's talk about Top Chef a little bit. Okay. Um, are you tired of talking about it yet? No. Is it still fun? No, it's fun. Okay. Yeah. Cool. It's fun because it's over, you know? Right. <laughs> I was going to say, you're back in I'll talk them. about it, but I'm not doing it again. <laughs> exactly. Oh, man. Um, tell us, like, the Genesis story, though. Like, how'd you get on the show? What was that like? So, confession is I've never seen the show in my life. Yeah. Still? Nope. Still. still. I watched two episodes of Charleston season, and I got so freaked out that I turned it off. Um, and then I just decided, like when I first found out I was going to be on the show, I was like, I'm going to go and watch every ep- season. Like I'd seen episodes here and there, but what I mean is like I've never watched a season and followed it. Sure. Because I don't have cable and I haven't had cable in like 10 years. So I just you. don't watch TV. Yeah. Like literally never watch TV. Yeah. Um, and I certainly don't watch TV live because I'm usually asleep or at work or, you know, so... I'd seen Top Chef here and there, but I didn't know about it. Everybody knew about Top Chef because it was the most respected TV food show, and sure. it's the longest one. So, um, my general manager is a super fan of Top Chef, and she applied for me, and I didn't even know. 
and then I got... Does she still work for you? Oh, yeah. yeah oh, good. Yeah. Okay, good. She came to me, and she was like, I know you're never going to do it, but I'm going to apply for you. And I was like, whatever. You waste your own time. I don't have time for those, you know? It's one of those little did-you-know moments. Yeah, and yeah. then it was, like, really crazy because she applied for me late, and this was actually three years ago because I actually was supposed to be on Denver season, which was oh, season wow. 15. Yeah. And then I found out I was pregnant, so then they were like, we'll put you on the next season. So, gotcha. Yep. Um, nice. And I think it worked out well for me because it ended up being a southern season. So, yeah. you know, win-win. Yeah. I was going to say, Kentucky's uh, an interesting place. Well, then you go all over the place. Yeah. But. I mean, I would, I'm really thankful that I didn't, I mean, number one, that I have a child now. So, thankful for that. But <laughs> um, I'm glad that I was pregnant so that I had to postpone the year. It was, it was a blessing for sure. Yeah. Um, I have a really odd question about you because I'm sure that you have talked until you are blue uh, or another vibrant color in the <laughs> face about Top Chef and what experience of cooking for Padma and yeah. Tom Colicchio and everybody. Um, but, you know, what's, what's a question that you don't get asked enough about Top Chef that you want to talk about more? Like, what's an experience or something that sticks out to you in your memory before, like, the normal, like, you know, just kind of loaded questions that you typically get? I think the thing that people wrote, like, I... I wish I could almost like I wish they would have shown um, the things they didn't show. <laughs> oh, okay. That's like the biggest because I think the thing that people don't understand of why it's so hard is because it's such a mental mind game, um, and they're low key torturing you for ten weeks. So, <laughs> like we all are in a house together. Um, they film us, you know. Out of the 24 hours of the day, they film us up for every waking hour. We have wow. cameras in our faces. So you get woken up with the camera in your face, and you go to sleep with the camera in your face. So that part's kind of crazy. Um, and I, I would just say that and I don't think people understand like how disconnected we are from reality. Like We could not listen to music. We didn't have books. Wow. We didn't have TVs. There was no form of entertainment. So any downtime you had, you were like in solitude and on your downtime um, that's our interview days and so they would rotate us for interviews so typically on your down day you were by yourself most of the day because you would if some if you weren't in an interview everybody else was in an interview so you're rotating so sometimes you on our down days we would be at the house with like two people it'd be like me and Eric and Sarah for example it would just be us two or us three all day long together yeah it was bizarre Man, that is something that you don't see a whole lot. No. I mean, you know, that, that brings me back to, man, probably watching the second or third season of the show. There was probably a lot more of that reality. reality. Yeah, and I, I mean, I can see why. Listen, I'm glad dive. they didn't show a lot of the reality. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> it's like I'm brushing my teeth. There were some teeth. arguments that were necessary yeah. that we're all glad did not make it to air. Sure. But, um, yeah, I mean, that's that's the thing is that they've totally cut out the reality, right. like, drama of it. Thank sure. the Lord. Um which is why I agreed to go on it. Because <laughs> I yeah. was like, you know, please don't yeah. do a clip of me getting in the shower or something. <laughs> <laughs> right. so. I think it's a graduation that everybody's really appreciated. Yeah. Um, but, you know, going through the whole season and then, you know, coming from a city like Dothan in a state of Alabama, winning Top Chef is huge. Yeah. It's huge, especially from a culinary perspective. Like, what has that done or what does it mean for the city but also f- especially for your restaurant for KBC I mean to be frank it's just blown everything completely up so I was actually telling someone earlier I was doing an interview for example notoriously the week of 4th of July and after 4th of July 
at KBC is the slowest week we have the entire year because our town is a beach town. So on any holidays like where you would go to the beach, it's like crickets in our town. Um, and this year, we had one of the busiest weeks we've had, 4th of July week and the week after, because now what we're seeing is, is, I mean, I can't tell you how many people a day come in KBC and are like, I'm from Canada, I'm from Ohio, I'm from Oklahoma. I mean, at least 10 people a day are from out of state. Wow. Um, so we're getting all these people that are on the way to the beach or on the way to XYZ and they're stopping in Dothan. And that would never have happened without the show because number one, no one knew where Dothan was or that it existed. Um, and <laughs> number two, Google there was no reason to stop. So right. that's the biggest thing is that it's um, definitely putting Dothan on the map, putting KBC on the map. And yeah, that's, that's sort of the legacy I'd like to leave is making the town better um, and the restaurant be be like Paula Dean's restaurant in Savannah I mean that really is my goal is it to be like an experience to drive there and go there so very cool yeah. yeah well I know that you alluded to this you guys are renovating KBC right now yes so what's next for your restaurant we are we've been our building is a disaster truthfully a disaster sounds it's, wonderful it, yeah it's it's listen this building was my dream I wanted this building but it's like it's like buying a boat you know you really want the boat but then it becomes such a pain and you're like why did I want this boat that's sort of what this is so it's a great analogy it's a really old building but it's actually three old buildings and they're just like pseudo connected so every year we're like connecting them even more um and it's just not set up for a restaurant so that's the renovations it's like my building was a restaurant it's set up for a restaurant that has a capacity of 50 people so my kitchen is now feeding 500 people in a kitchen that's has a capacity to feed 50 wow so there's yeah it's actually miraculous that we've been able to do what we've been able to do for this long um and then we've added two services we added supper so that was pretty huge um so now we're doing a turnover in the middle of the day and we're only closed for an hour during that turnover so yeah we need we need some we're very much keeping the old building, maintaining the entire feel. We're just cleaning it up. It's going to run smoother. Food will come out faster. Yeah. Um, there will be more seats. And then also the fun part is I'll be adding family pictures and some stories and things like that. So it's very much like when you get there, you're kind of getting a piece of of why the menu is what it is and That's where so it cool. comes from. So, yeah. yeah. Well, I'm sure for all of us here or elsewhere that you're taking a trip down to the Panhandle or somewhere in the Gulf, mm -hmm. uh, there's even more of a reason to well, We're also adding a bar with 35 seats. That was my, oh. my big want. Oh, very nice. Is to have somewhere that you could go eat by yourself and get a dozen oysters and a glass of champagne and it feel very homey in there. So that's that's a big piece of it too, is the bar. Very nice. Um, people like to drink, so there's yes. also that. Yeah, that's what I want to do. Just yeah. want to eat alone with yep. a few dozen oysters. Exactly. Like, just don't talk to me. I know. That's why I'm sitting at the It's bar. really nice. Yeah. Yeah, so. it sends a very a very strong message to me. <laughs> That's good. Not here to socialize. Right. Uh, yeah, here on my own terms. Yeah. Thank you very mm -hmm. much. Um, well, we're going to get into this, some Q&A here in just a second. But before we do that, a lot of the people here for brunch today are going to an event tomorrow that a lot of us go to every year. We yeah. have gone for the past seven, eight, nine, ten years, uh, Attack of the Killer Tomato Festival. Give it up for Attack of the Killer Tomato Festival, everybody. Um, I look forward to it every year, and I, I don't. Like, I don't drink a lot of cocktails. I'm like a huge wimp when it comes to mm -hmm. alcohol. I really, I try. I really try to make it look like, no, I like bourbon. 
No, I don't. Um, <laughs> but I look forward to the cocktails every year because yeah. it's the most creative uses oh, cool. of the best summer vegetable that there is, which yeah. is tomatoes. What are you making tomorrow? I'm doing um, kind of a play on biscuits and gravy. So I'm doing a sausage tomato gravy, a little basil biscuit. Uh, it's got a tiny deviled egg on top, um, pickled mustard seeds. I think that's it. Sounds great. Yeah, it's delicious. Nice. We made one before we left just to yeah. be positive. It was, but I mean, what could possibly go wrong with like tomatoes, biscuits, and sausage together? The holy grail of whatever exactly. you need in life is like, ah, I'm really confused on what to make. Just and make biscuits and gravy. On yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, dump gravy whatever. on everything. What could Car- possibly go wrong? Yeah, carbs, fat, and yep. sausage. That's all that you need. Um, well, goodness gracious, it was such a pleasure getting to hear some more hey. of your story, hear about Dothan, which sounds like a tremendous place to visit It now. is fun. Um, so we're going to do some Q&A. Uh, we'll take a few minutes to do that, and then I've got like a quick, uh, kind of like a lightning round, but I call it on the fly. A quick fire? Yeah. I'm really bad that at one. this, so yeah. this should be fun. Yeah, so <laughs> I didn't name this, another one of my buddies here in town who's a chef, he actually named it on the fly for okay. me, so I was going to call it something like that. He's like, you should just call it on the fly. That's yeah, really cool. I like it. I like so it. We'll, get to, we'll get to that in a second. But um, So here's how we're going to do this, folks. If you have a question for Ms. Kelsey Barnard-Clark, there is a microphone standing to my left, your right, or wherever you are. If you have a question, come on up, line up, and be brave. Come ask questions. Be bold. Or I can ask a question for you. I should have done like you could text me a question, but I didn't want to do that. Anybody? Who has a question? Come on over. Come on over. Or I can ask it for you. Jeff, do you want to find out what the question is? This is we should have thought about we this. We need a runner. Yeah. A question a, runner. Sorry, folks. We don't have uh, wireless mics. It's uh, not the way that we roll. We could do, like, paper airplanes. <laughs> Send it over with your server. Yeah. They'll write it on the ticket. If you could, if you could recommend one. Tis now. If you could recommend one chef's knife for home cooks. Oh, that's easy. Shoon, they, you can get them on Amazon. Um, actually, just shared. Y'all should follow me on Instagram, Kelsey Barnard Clark. I just shared this yesterday, actually, a list of my like must-have-at-home gadgets. Um, what's in my knife roll, things that I basically can't live without, and that knife is on the list. So it's Shoon, which is S-H-U, wait, I don't know. Google. S-H-U-N? I don't know, Google it. Tell yeah. Google. Um, I'll show you all if you want to see it in a second. It's in my knife roll, actually. But it's just a good, lightweight knife. I actually just bought all my chefs one for them to have and not destroy. <laughs> Prayers, please. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's just a good, lightweight. I don't like heavy knives. Um, I have small hands, and I just, I, I like, I feel like I have more control with a light, thin knife. So it's very light. It's not too long. Um, yeah, it's a great, you, and I want to actually, while we're on that topic, you don't need a knife set. I've tried to tell home cooks this all the time. You just need one great knife. That's Amen. literally all you need. And keep it sharp. Um, I'm getting it. And I guess a good follow-up question a lot of people ask a lot is, are you, how should you sharpen said knife? Oh, that, that's like a video. I'd have to do a video. <laughs> um, we'll there's, a, there's some good videos on... This is, okay, this, uh, it's at home actually, but this is it, but the one I'm talking about is straight, because this is a boning knife, but it's straight and it has a little bit fatter of a handle, so it looks like this one. This is not it, but it's like this one. Very nice. And it has a wooden handle, and I like wooden handles, so there's also that. It's beautiful. Yeah. It's a good knife. So, shoon. 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 Mm -hmm. I like it. 
Tis now. I believe our friends at Cook's Warehouse saw this knife. Ooh, nice. nice plug, Jeff. God, that was so sweet. They're not even a sponsor. Well, yeah, I'm not now. getting paid to list these products, so <laughs> I just want you all to know that. I'm, I'm being honest. Yeah, honesty is really good. That's yeah. the best sponsorship of all. Uh, who else has a question that they would like to ask? Raise your hand. Come forward. Come on up. What's your name? Christy. Hi. Uh, just move, move that mic over for me, just a little bit, like this way. Keep, yeah, right, right there. You should be good. Go what ahead. is your favorite food memory from like childhood that really helps you develop? Mine. So we grew up. <laughs> Sorry, my husband's making faces at me over there. You're really distracting me. Can you please stop? <laughs> um, I So my family's from Mobile, all my mommy and dad's side, and we had a house on Ono Island in Orange Beach. And basically, we lived there during the summer, and we went there what felt like as a child every weekend, but it was a significant amount of time we went there. Um, and like I said, we were there pretty much the entire summer. So the first thing we would always do when we got there was the kids had to load the crab traps with chicken. And it was like, that was our goal. I mean, that was our job the whole week and weekend or whatever was to check the traps, refill them, take the crabs out, put them in the, you like put them in a different container and keep them in the water. And then on the last day we would make gumbo. Um, And that's, it was like religious. That's what we did every single time. We never skipped the crab trap so that's my favorite and fondest memory I mean we the children cleaned the crabs everything it was just I mean you don't really get to do that anymore so it's really cool yeah Mobile's a really cool place oh it is. I love Mobile yeah, yeah. it's a really it's neat, a really great town yeah it's like a more chill New Orleans uh-huh yeah. yeah well I say it's like a mini New Orleans yeah that's why a lot of my food is Cajun and Creole is because that's the way I grew up eating. So totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Go to Mobile, stop in Dothan. Daphne, yeah, and Fairhope and Daphne are the cutest towns. Oh really? Yeah. <laughs> My uncle lives in Fairhope, so it's it's the most charming little town. Very cool. We got a f- time for a few more? Yeah, come on up. What is your name? Uh, my name's Atishi. Hi. Hi. Hello. My husband and I are so happy when you Oh, thanks. Um, so my question is, I know you're renovating your restaurant uh-huh. right now, but would you ever open a second restaurant, like maybe here in Atlanta? Um, <laughs> I would if someone else would run it. <laughs> no, I mean, it's definitely, I've, I've, there's a lot of, the only reason I guess I haven't is because I have other projects right now that are priority over another location. Um, but no, I definitely, I had two locations at first, so it's not some, there's a, rather than opening another KBC, it's more that I have a ton of other restaurant concepts I would like to see happen. Um, a brewery with a sausage house has always been a dream of mine. Um, I have like a whole business plan for it. It's just a matter of it happening. An oyster bar has always been a dream of mine. Just, that's a few that I've Double egg bar? A deviled egg bar, yeah. That, that should be a restaurant. I would eat there every day. Not trying to beat a dead horse, but that would work in Atlanta really well. A devil egg oh, restaurant? Everyone, yes. Uh-huh, yeah. See? I have a we lot of variations. I we can do agree. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the, actually, the joke was, like, I was really bad at quick fires if you didn't watch Top Chef. I just, like, couldn't get it together. And my joke was, I was like, I'm just going to make a deviled egg every single quick fire with a variation and see what they say. And everybody was like, don't, don't do that. It's <laughs> like, well, it takes 12 minutes to boil an egg. We have 20 minutes. I think that would be perfect. Yeah. 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 I think you could do variations. Of, you know. That was my one mistake yeah. I made. I, going back, I should have done it. <laughs> a toast or a deviled egg every time. Yeah. 
that's the next thing we need. You got plenty, plenty of places to get exactly. toast or a cronut, but the uh -huh. next thing is deviled eggs. Yeah, exactly. Coming back. I like it. Yeah, I'm, I'm game. Yeah. <laughs> uh, couple more, Jeff. Yes. Couple more questions. Okay. Anyone? Come on up. Don't be shy. Or do, but ask your question. What's your name? Oh wait, there you go. Hey, I'm Mark. Hi. Uh, you have a young child. Yes. Uh, what successes and failures have you had cooking and trying to feed that young child? Well, yeah. Um, he is obsessed with sugar, and I mean that very seriously obsessed. Like, <laughs> it. We should bring him down here and let you all watch the show. When you give him any kind of sugar, he just is like Willy Wonka, like shoves it in his mouth. He's like a monster. Um, so failures is trying to get him to not only eat sugar. Um, I think success is <coughs> he'll try just about anything, and I think that that's just starting him the very young. I mean, when he was one, he was eating Brussels sprouts. So it, I think it's just I, I, I feel most of the time with children they'll they'll do they'll get away with anything they can get away with so just don't let them I guess so it's like if he doesn't like something I'm gonna make him eat it for like a week usually just torture him you know it works great <laughs> no but I, I don't it's children are hard to feed I mean they're very stubborn especially when they reach two and they're you know little bitty adults that know everything and um, but I think just con don't stop feeding them stuff just because they say they don't like it I think that's and also make your food taste good that's what Really good. Because so many people like they hated Brussels sprouts growing up because their mom gave them canned Brussels sprouts. Yeah. So I was like, well, I'm not eating that crap either. I mean, yeah. like, if you yeah. sit me down and make me eat canned Brussels sprouts, I'm not going to do it either. So yeah. I, I think that's that's something that I try to tell my friends that even it's like, you know, if you're making green beans, give them those green beans. Don't give them the little canned green beans. Like, yeah. give them the good stuff because I think that's part of the problem is that it's like we give kids quick fast things rather than like the real things and so then that's what they get used to and then they want processed everything and they want cheese and they want you know i think that's yeah. a part of the issue yeah. brussels sprouts fried in duck fat with <coughs> prosciutto kids will eat that yeah we yeah. we get doesn't my, want that like we do crispy brussels sprouts with pepper jelly yeah so he'll eat them yeah you know it's Brussel, sugar brussels sprout bar that's yeah yeah one. that's next yeah all right jeff i think we got time for two more perfect Come on up. What's your Hi. name? Uh, my name is Peter. Hello. Kelsey, Hi, Peter. welcome to Atlanta. Thank you. You alluded to things that didn't make the show, and this is my, actually my wife's question. What oh, is yes. the funniest thing that happened during the Top Chef season funniest. that didn't make the show? I would say the funniest was, <laughs> personally, was um, so on the morning of the finale, they brought... Sarah and I's husband to the husbands to the hotel. We had no idea they were in Macau. We were completely clueless. <clears throat> and um, we were like in total game mode and they walked in and we were pissed. We were like, we don't want them here right now. We don't have time for this. And, um, and it was like the most awkward encounter of all time. All of it was so awkward. So our husbands were just like, well, thanks, hey. And we were like, we're about to go cook a finale meal in an hour. Like, we don't want to sit here and chit-chat about what's going on in our hometowns. We don't care. Like, you know, and they're holding up these signs like, ask your husband how, how the dogs are at home. And I was like, I don't freaking care about the dogs right now. I was like, you ask him. You know, and it was like, we did not cooperate. 
and the whole scene was just like they were like okay this isn't gonna work it's not like <clears throat> I was like we can do it after the finale but like let us like we're both of all nerves right now so um, yeah it was pretty funny and our husbands were also horrible on camera and incredibly awkward <laughs> so it was like just all bad like you know you have to fake some stuff and um, they'd hold up questions and Devers would be like what does that question say I was like you can't ask them you know just like it was all it was bad it was okay. really bad yeah comically bad if Bravo gave you a survey after being on Top Chef you're like yeah that thing you pulled with our husbands oh, yeah. I, I was like, this is the worst one thing. out of five stars yeah Thank I was you. like so stupid yeah. that's like bringing in the wives at the Super Bowl halftime <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, yeah. let's have all the wives in and, and ask about how their day is going. Like, they don't want to talk to their wives. Yeah. Like, you can answer this like, question for yourself. Like, go away. You yeah. know? Like, it's game time, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, that it was epic <laughs> failure on their part. Oh, that's great. All right. We have time for one more. Come on up. What's your name? Ivy. Hi, Ivy. Hi. So, Sean Frog recently came out, I think it was this week, with his plans for a new restaurant. Yes. And challenging the, he called it the militant, um, kind of standard when it comes to being in the kitchen in the restaurant mm-hmm. industry. What do you do in your kitchen to, you know, try to yeah. combat that, I think? Yeah, I mean, I was, I had this conversation earlier. I, you know, I worked in New York for four years, and, like, there's actually a movement in New York right now to put windows in kitchens, because it's, like, torture. I mean, you're in a basement all day. It's hot. It's just, it's exhausting. You get to work, it's dark. You leave, it's dark. Um, you see no sunlight. And another thing, too, um, which is, I think a lot of people don't understand this, why open kitchens are so popular. It's not really for y'all. It's for us. Because, like, we have an open kitchen. Um, there was such a disconnect to me when I was working in the kitchen. I didn't get to see the customers' faces. I didn't get to hear any praise. I didn't get to see if they were enjoying my food. It was just like I was, you know, just downstairs just working, like, zero. I don't know. And so... I think there's a huge movement right now. I mean, sexual harassment in, in the military lifestyle in the kitchen is horrific. I mean, it always has been. And I think that's the coolest thing that's happening now is people changing it. Um, it's, it's no longer okay just because you're in a kitchen to say certain things and to act certain ways. And I think that Sean Brock is definitely someone that's um, a front, a, a leader in that. And then also having all these women run the kitchens really helps. Um, there's actually been a survey out recently that it's basically if you have a woman running the kitchen, you're 50% less likely to have any sexual harassment or abuse issues. And I think it's something about the naturing motherly spirit that women's bring, even if they don't mean to. Um, it just kind of is like my mom would kill me if I said that in front of a, a lady, you know. So I think that that's part of it, too. It's just people paying attention. Um, and not just doing things just because they're in a kitchen. Um, we certainly have pretty pretty strict rules on respect in our kitchen more than anything. Just like, if you're a bad person, if you're disrespectful, and if you can't be nice, you won't last more than two hours here because it's supposed to be enjoyable. I mean, it's supposed to be fun. Not You're supposed to work really hard, but like, it should be enjoyable atmosphere. There's no, no need for it to feel like you're being tortured every day. So, yeah. Any other questions? I mean, I know probably want to make sure we get them in. Does anyone have any burning questions that we can get in? Anybody over on the other side of the room, you are more than welcome to ask questions as well. Anyone. I can't really see you. There's this great divider <coughs> right behind us. Anyone? 
Jeff, do you see any hands raised? I don't. Eyebrows raised? People who look nervous, but they don't know how to ask their question? Okay. Um, well, that was fun. So we're going to, I mean, hopefully this isn't torturous, but I'm going to do this on the fly section with you. And it's just like, I ask you a question and like, quick answer. Okay. Pretty easy. I think you'll get through it. But um, first one, butter, lard, olive oil, or Crisco? Butter. Only butter? I like olive oil too. Okay. Yeah. Cool. But butter. Yeah. Butter. Yeah. Great answer. Uh, Dukes or Hellman's? Dukes. Yeah. What's that other For stuff? Sure. Yeah. What's yeah. the other? I don't even I remember. I believe that's a question. <laughs> Beach or mountains? Peach or what? Beach or mountains? Oh, beach. Beach? Yeah. Do you like the mountains? I like the mountains, yeah. but I like the sun. I like yeah. to be hot, you know? I live in lower <laughs> Alabama. <laughs> uh, get some altitude, yeah. yeah. Uh, dessert, always, sometimes, or before dinner? Usually never. Really? Mm-hmm. You're a pastry chef. I know. Wow. Shocker. So you're more of a savory person then, yeah? Yeah, I hardly ever eat sugar. Wow. Mm-hmm. Neither does Monroe, apparently. Yeah. He's not yeah. allowed to. <laughs> Poor guy. Yeah. No, I... It's like a slight addiction for me, so like I just try to stay away because if yeah. I start, I don't stop. Yeah. Um, so I do my best to. That's I mean, I, I'll eat it every once in a while. I'm not like. Yeah. You know. That's good. Yeah. I'm not a uh, saint in that area. But. <laughs> no one is. Yeah. Uh, slight trick question, but what's your favorite southern city? Uh, Charleston right now. Oh, okay. I thought you were gonna. I'm like, very Dothan. moody with Hello? that. I'm very moody. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Uh, Charleston, New Orleans is always. An amazing place to go, um, but yeah, I like the Carolinas. Yeah, yeah. Carolinas. I are like nice. the atmosphere. Yeah, uh, your favorite cookbook? Julia Child. Which one? All of them. Yeah, I just love her. She's my. Yeah. She's my muse. Yes, art of French cooking. Mm-hmm. If you don't have it, no. Nope. Are you kidding? Yeah. Yeah, of course I have it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I yeah, I would, I would say art of French cooking because it's just the it's so her. I would say, for the most part, it's the most, it's like straightforward her. For sure. So, yeah. 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 We miss you, Julia. Yeah. Um, and last one, what's the next big obnoxious food trend? Oh, God. That you hope does not grace the face of the earth? I cannot stand food trends. I just suck, really right? can't. No, I really can't. I'm so anti-anything trendy, mm-hmm. but specifically food trends. Yeah. It just makes me nauseous. Um, oh, what, what one am I, like, scared of, basically? Yeah. Well, it was like, the cupcake one was pretty horrific. I mean, I can't tell you how many times people came in and were like, why don't you have cupcakes? And I was like, because everybody has cupcakes. Because I have a soul. Because there's a cupcake store down the street. Right. <laughs> um, I'm really, really terrified of this whole new thing. Like, you can get Sprinkles cu- cupcakes in a concession stand thing in the airport. That really freaks me oh, out. Oh, yeah. Like, we don't need to be that fast. Yeah. Uh, that whole thing. That trend that's happening is freaking me out. Yeah. Um, where it's like the, what, that's not concession stands, vending machines. Yeah, yeah. Vending machines. Like I've seen one for sushi, like gross. I saw one for um, cupcakes. All of that's gross. Like if they're sitting in there, like I just, oh, yeah. oh. So yeah. I'm going to go with that. Yeah. Everyone's seen like the <coughs> Best Buy vending machine. Nobody uses that. Oh, right? You don't so need AirPods gross. that quick, okay? I mean, the sandwich yeah. ones, like soggy bread. I, yeah. wish, I can't. Ugh. It's uh, 7-Eleven food with quarters. Uh, yeah, just eat yeah. cheeses or something. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Well, that was fun. It was only a few questions. Yeah. I haven't done it on the fly like that in a long time. So Those are I'm sorry. You're a visitor. I had to do it. No, but, I like them. Um, but this was such a pleasure. Oh, my gosh. Hearing your Thank story, you. watching you on Top Chef. It was awesome. Uh, welcome back to your true like yes. hometown of Atlanta. Uh, <laughs> but everybody, Kelsey Barnard Clark, give it up.
And this is pretty much how we end a podcast. So we're done. Hi. Excellent. Thanks, everybody. <laughs> Many thanks go out to Chef Kelsey Barnard-Clark for joining me for this live episode of the show. It's a rarity around here that we get to do something in front of an audience. Uh, but it was amazing to watch her cook and especially seeing all of the staff over at King & Duke. And the food was absolutely incredible. And if you'd like to see some photos from the event, uh, I'm sure that they're circulating around out there. But you can also check out the episode page over on our website. This podcast is recorded all over our beautiful city and edited over on the east side of town by me, your host. Hello again. Our design is headed up by JJ Getz. And if you like what you hear, you can support the show right now on Patreon for just $5 a month. I'm your host, Ben Getz, and you've been listening to the Atlanta Foodcast. Stay hungry. <laughs>